Hello, I'm Ari. And I'm Claudine. Welcome to Proving the Negative. We're a podcast all about exploring the different sides of cybersecurity, from political science to computer science, international relations to mathematics. Join us as we talk to our friends about the work they do. If you're looking for new and interesting ways to think about security, this is the podcast for you. We are your hosts, Ariana and Claudine, and we are going to be talking to cybersecurity researchers about the problems they tackle every day. Here at PTN Pod, we keep the message positive and proactive. Join us as we swan about with friends in a limited episode run for spring 2022. Ari, we should probably explain what is a black swan exactly. For anyone paying attention to our branding, we use black swans as a sort of inside joke. Black swans have been used to illustrate different ways of thinking. Lebanese-American Nassim Nicholas Taleb wrote a book called Black Swans. He talks about black swans as events. And these events have three properties. The first is that they're difficult to predict. The second is that they're high impact, so there's usually a big consequence. Third, in retrospect, we see these events coming. The 2008 crisis is a black swan. In one of his talks, he uses the example of a medieval English expression. It's not when pigs fly, it was you'll see a black swan before that happens. No one had been to Australia. No one had seen black swans. A lot of folks won't have to deal with cybersecurity issues directly, but these issues do happen and they can have a big impact. The other is a philosophical problem. The chances of me going for a walk in England and seeing a black swan are very low. They're not native. Say I go for a walk and I see a swan, and it's a white swan. I might generalise that all swans are white, and that's just not true. The implication here is that you can predict the future based on the past. There's a problem in assuming that the future will pan out just like the past has done. For me personally, what black swans represent is this idea that we can do things differently. Let me use data protection as an example. Just because we've seen companies hoovering up personal data, it doesn't mean that that's how we have to be building systems moving forwards. It does require a bit of a rethink about what we know, what we want to do, and how we involve people and have conversations. This isn't really about the swans. It's more about what they've been used to illustrate. We also like the aesthetic. If you can think of any examples, do send them in. We'd love to showcase a couple of those. What can our listeners expect in upcoming episodes? If you're interested in some of the dangers that kids online might face from a more technical and data protection standpoint, we are going to be talking to someone about that. If your bag is international relations, and I think I could say intrigue around surveillance, we're going to be covering that as well. Online hate groups, I'm really excited. Let's tell people a bit about the CDT. Yeah, so the CDT is the Center for Doctoral Training in Cybersecurity at Oxford, although there are now a bunch of them, or several of them across the country. The goal of the program has always been to be interdisciplinary and to include people with a wide array of backgrounds into the program and get diverse perspectives. Why did we start this podcast? There are a couple of reasons. Certainly when I started, I had no idea of the breadth of work that was being done. I imagined that a lot more of it would be what we traditionally think of, right, when we think of cybersecurity. Hacking, network security, or penetration testing, all that good stuff. Fields like international relations, law, sociology, or education. Areas that I, I never would have considered. It was a real shame that they weren't part of the more mainstream conversation about cybersecurity. And I thought that starting a podcast to talk about that and about the work that they're doing would broaden horizons a little bit. I would add to that that I've been to a lot of research talks and they were kind of, I wouldn't say I'd fall asleep, but engagement with research, with science is a really important skill. And I wanted to do more of that. You talk about your research and you're used to using specific academic language. That means nothing to anyone outside of your field. And then you have to make sense. 
This podcast is an engagement tool. It's full of interesting people. We're showcasing work that's going on, exposing people to new ideas around cybersecurity. Also, I get a chance to work with you, Claudine. Your background isn't computer science, but you do a lot of advocacy and development. It's just a chance to me to talk to you more, really. This is an audio medium, so no one can see this, but you're making me blush. We are both first-time podcasters, and it's a really good way to get different perspective Ari, your work on data protection and data rights is stuff that I was really glad to get to know a lot more about. Enough about us. What can our listeners expect in the coming episodes? Any, uh, any tidbits? We tried to run the gamut this series. We have fun with our guests. We asked them to give us their elevator pitch, how they approach challenges, what the biggest surprises have been, what big question would they investigate if they had all the money in the world to do so. Finally, we just asked them for tips for anyone who would like to keep up with cybersecurity. A little sneak preview is that we tried asking our guests what they think cybersecurity is and how they would define it. Even we were surprised by how different the answers were. That just goes to show you how, how much of a broad church cybersecurity has become. A little background on us. My background is actually not in computer science at all. My background is in law and political science. I did a pretty big 180 in terms of my career trajectory. I'm in the, the human-centered computing group. What I look at is the effect that social media has on individual well-being, why users have the reactions that they have to social media content, the emotional and psychological reactions that they have, which seems like an obvious question but is difficult and feeds into questions about how much control consumers can and should have about their social media use. Ari, how about you? My background has been fairly traditional. I started off in computer science, more networks focused, plugging stuff together, blinking lights, windowless rooms, not many people. Even at that point, you still have to think about password policies, that kind of thing, how people use your systems. What purpose do these networks serve? My research has been more about building trust, I really think is key to systems that last a long time. If you think about longer term impact and human needs. We'll get into a little bit more about Claudine's research, my research. We are going to have our own episodes later on. Stay tuned and have us geek out. In the meantime, you can tweet at us at HelloPTNPod. If you cannot wait, just on the edge of your seat, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The name of our show is PTN Pod. Ari, what do people do if they are not on Twitter? Well, if you aren't on Twitter, no problem at all. You can ping us an email at ptnegative at cs.ox.ac.uk. We would love a good review. If you don't have any good reviews, please send notes, questions, anything you want us to talk about. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear it. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. This has been a podcast from the Center for Doctoral Training in Cybersecurity at the University of Oxford, funded by the Engineering and Physical Sciences Research Council.